I would like to turn your attention tonight to the book of Philippians chapter 3. Paul writing to the church there in Philippi. Philippians chapter 3. Read just a couple verses beginning at verse number 7. Amen. Paul writing here says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss, he says it again, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss. He says it a third time. Of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. That I may know Him, that I may know Him, that I may know Him, and the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His sufferings, being made conformable unto His death, by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. I want to title this message tonight, uh, Losing to Win. I'm losing to win. Turn to somebody and tell them I'm losing to win. Amen, amen, amen. Lord Jesus, I pray and ask that you would help us. God, I know, I feel confirmation, Lord, that you are speaking to us here tonight. And God, I pray you would help me to speak, God, your word. I pray that you would anoint my lips of clay. Give us ears to hear what thus saith the word of God for us tonight. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. To understand Paul's writing here and the word, specifically the word loss that he uses three times in Philippians, you only find it used a couple more times in the Bible, in the New Testament. And you find this word that he uses also in Acts chapter 27, and it's the story of Paul, and he's in a boat. (laughs) And there's a storm coming, and Paul had been taken prisoner, and he's on his way to Rome, and he's in a boat, and he's in a boat with 275 others. There's 276 in this boat and Paul's in this voyage and so I'm going to read the passage where he's in this boat and I'll I'll bring this connection I want you to understand what Paul is saying when he says but what were what things were gained to me I counted loss for Christ and yea doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge the knowledge of Christ and I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ and so In that context, we need to understand, I think, this story here that happens to Paul on his way to Rome to understand his letter to the church in Philippi. In Acts chapter 2, 
we read the story, and you can read the whole thing. I'll just read a couple verses in verse number 9. Paul is, is in, in, getting in the boat. They're getting ready on the, to take this voyage. And he says, Now when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast, they would have been fasting, was, was now already past, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be hurt and much damage. And it's the same word that he uses loss over in Philippians 3. The word, the Greek word there, zemia, or zemia, it means to lose. There's going to be a, a big loss on this voyage. He said, sirs, there's going to be much hurt, much loss, much damage. Not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship. They must have said, ah, oh, everything's going to be all right. More than those things which were spoken by Paul. So they get in the boat. They're on their way. They're around the Mediterranean Sea. They go around Crete. There's a huge storm that comes up. And they are tossed to and fro. They have to take the sail down from because it's going to be damaged by the storm. And they're at the mercies of the storm. In verse number 21, but, long, or, but after long abstinence or fasting, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, they didn't listen to him the first time he said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me. This was Paul's moment of, see, I told you so. You should have hearkened unto me. And not have loosed from Crete. You know, shouldn't have left there when I told you. And to have gained this harm and loss. You see, what they had to do to save the ship, they had to throw everything overboard. They had to endure loss so that their lives could be saved. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For, though, for there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. He, and he goes on to say, if you stay in the ship, you'll be saved. Throw everything else overboard, but stay in the ship. That word lost there in Philippians in our text that's the kind of loss it's talking about. It's like you are in a ship. You are in a vessel. And the storm comes. And the only way for you to survive is you've got to empty the ship. I didn't think you'd be excited about hearing this message tonight. There are some things that will weight us down. It was Paul that also said, lay aside every weight. And the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. There are some things, if we're not careful, we will, that will come into our life or will allow into our vessel, into my vessel, of, that should be a vessel of honor and, and, and praise and worship. But if I allow these things to get inside of me, it will weigh me down. He said, I count all things but loss so that I might gain Christ. There is nothing in this vessel worth, sa worth, worth saving and keeping if I lose Christ. See, we have to understand that Paul was telling us, hey, if you have to throw everything in your life overboard to save your soul, it's worth it. Jesus said in Mark 8, 
Mark recorded it in, in Mark 8, 36. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Luke 9, Luke said, For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? Cast away. If you're cast out of the ship, what good is that? The church is going to make it. Church, I'm going to tell you, the church, the church is going to make it. I don't want to be cast out of the church or cast away from the house of God. I want to stay in the church. God sent a rowboat or a motorboat or a coast guard my way. I got in the boat. I'm staying in the boat. It may not look like an angel in that boat like Brother Heaven was talking about, but I'm in the boat and it's going to save me. And if that guy would have been smart, he'd have got in the boat. The first one. There's too many people that know they can be saved on that little boat. But they're holding on to things that they want to take with them. I wish that God would give me a much bigger boat. I would attack him in the night for them. I want a big, I want God to do it my way. Why am I yelling like right now? I don't know. I feel the preaching, preaching. God help us. What doth it profit a man if she gained the whole world? Lose his own soul. It's that old song. Take this whole world. Just So in that context, that's that zemia, the loss, that word in that context, now it helps me understand a little bit better about I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to do a little study in this and I'm reading it. I count all things but loss for the excellency. I'm trying to God help my little pea brain mind just little under, give me some understanding. And God's telling me all things lost for. There's a reason we lose some things. It's so that we can gain something. That's right. That's right. I, I'm, I'm losing some things. I'm putting some things down. I'm laying aside some weights. I'm, I'm laying aside some sin or maybe a sin so that I can. Gain, it's for a reason. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. For the excellency of the knowledge. Paul was saying, I would give anything, pay anything, lose anything, do anything, just to know Him. Church, we know Him. Give anything or lose anything, pay anything, to keep on knowing Him. Know Him, to have a relationship with Christ, is more valuable than anything and everything else. Jesus was speaking in Luke 18, and the Bible says there was a certain ruler who came and asked Him. I mean, this guy's got quite a resume. He's a young man. He's a wealthy man. He's a ruler. He's a leader. And he says, good master. That's a good way to start a conversation. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There's none good, save one, that is God. Now knowest the commandments. Do not commit. I mean, hey, he, Jesus saying, You call me good. Yes, I am the one true God. There's a little one God message right there. 
But thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And, and he said, all these have I kept from my youth up. I don't know if y'all caught this or not, but this is some fresh bread right here. You ready? What did Jesus say? Thou knowest the commandments. Paul said, I'd give anything to know him. Jesus said, you know the commandments. But you don't know me. I want to know him. Don't kill, don't steal, don't bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, all these have I kept from my youth up good. You've known how to, you've, you've known how to live. That's awesome. You've known what to do and what not to do. Yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast and distribute it unto the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come follow me. You've known what to do your whole life. But more important than any of that is you need to have a relationship with me. It's not that you're rich or that you're poor. It's that you need to have a relationship with me. And if you lose everything you've got so that you can gain me, you'll have won it all. That's good stuff tonight. Jesus said, yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast and distribute it unto the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God. It's an example of when having too much is still not enough. I'm going to say that again. It's an example, and I've said this before, but it's an example of when having too much is not enough. I have too much pride, and that's not going to be enough to get you into heaven. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. You better check that at the door. You better check that at an altar. Come on, let's be real. I'm talking to church folks tonight. We got, we got this. We got that. We, I'm trying to be very nice about this. I'm talking, to, I'm talking to self in the mirror. This is a good time for maybe I need to go sit down and just preach to myself. Got too much of an attitude. I better lose that thing so I might know him. I got too many things going. Sometimes I'm going to have to let some things go that I might know him. I ain't got time to do that for church. I better let some things go that I might know him. I ain't got time to pray and fast. Well, you ain't got time to have a relationship with him. Whatever the cost, it's worth it. Doing a word study, it also talks about in the word loss and zemia, it's, it's as if it's a trade. You see, when it's, it's like, and, and again, this is the example. It's like you're in a boat. <laughs> kind of heard this already tonight, I know. It's like you're in a boat, and the boat has too much stuff in it. And the only way to save the boat, you see, the 
understand. There's this thing I ain't got time to get into physics. Talk to brother, where's brother Norman? Talk to brother Norman afterwards. He's, or tell the brother Evan. He's the physics guy. He's the math guy. They'll give you all the stuff. But there's this word called, this phrase, this word called displacement. And there's times where there's, the boat can become too heavy that it, it, there's not enough water outside to display it to balance. And so the boat is going to sink. That's why we have to lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us so that our vessel doesn't go under. Here's the practical part of it. You have to ask yourself a question tonight. Is there anything in my vessel that is weighing me down? Is there anything that is holding me back from drawing closer to him? Only you can answer that yourself. I can't do that for you. You got to preach that message to yourself. So this word loss, he's saying, it's a trade-off. If I'm going to live, I've got to lose some things. If I'm going to win Christ and win heaven, there's a trade-off. I'm going to have to give up some things now so that I can gain. And there are people in this world today, many of them, that are not willing to trade the things in this life and pleasures for a season. said in the last days, men should be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. It's not even that people don't love God. I believe there's really good people that love God. They just love the pleasures more. They want to hold on to things of this world more than, and how can two serve, two can't, you can't serve two masters at the same time. Save the world, you can't serve the world and serve God, you know, mammon and God at the same time. No man can serve two masters. Jesus spoke another parable in Luke chapter 12. He spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man Brought for, and I'm not preaching against wealth. I pray you all be, are wealthy if you're not already and you get wealthy. And we need to win some more wealthy people. Amen. They can help further the kingdom of God so that more people might come to the knowledge of Christ. I'm not preaching against wealth today, but I am preaching about making sure this vessel is not weighted down with things of this world. That the main thing is the main thing, or the main one is still the main one. And he thought within himself, this rich man said, What shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for, my, for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. When, then whose shall those things be? which thou hast provided, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. You can try to weigh your vessel down with riches, but you ain't taking any of it with you into eternity. That's why my wife and I are spending our kids' inheritance. That, that, that was meant to be funny. Thank you. <laughs> the greatest inheritance we could leave for our children 
is the knowledge of who Jesus is and an example of how to live for God. I, I, I won't, I'm thankful we have great kids and soon to have a, a, another one coming in the family. I, I pray that they have nice things. I, I want our, don't we want our kids and grandkids to have it better than we had as far as things? But not, but not, but not. I want them to be saved. Not at the expense of their soul. 401Ks, retirement, six-figure income. Josiah, listen, I hope y'all get a seven-figure income. Hallelujah. Wouldn't that be, Brother and Sister Krantz, oh, granted, Lord, look at that. They're about to shout right now. Seven, eight-figure income, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Hallelujah. You wouldn't mind it either, I don't think. Church wouldn't mind it. But more important than any of that is that y'all love God and have a relationship and you know Him. You have a relationship with Him. Because if you have everything in this world but not Jesus, you really don't have a whole lot. And we have to be willing to sacrifice and lose, like Paul said, in order that we might win. Church, I, I'm, I'm okay with losing to win. You know, <laughs> there's times, and my wife can attest to this. She can, my, my mother, my wife, my kids, most of y'all now, if you haven't known me by now, you, I'm pretty competitive. And uh, I, I'm pretty competitive. I'm playing ping pong, I'm smashing, right? And I'm playing connect four, I'm trying to win. Uh, I, I hate to lose. One guy said, it's not enough to want to win, you got to hate to lose. <laughs> I don't like to lose. I really don't. But I understand sometimes there are, there's, there's battles worth losing that you might win the war. And there's times where, not anymore, we've been married for, what, 27 years. So my wife and I are playing, she's playing what, what the, one of the games. They, uh, what was the game we were playing? And, and Ed, Brother Evan came up with the Piercy Rules. We had all the young people. Be, just beware when you're, what's it called? Uno Wild. Uno Wild. They were creating rules I'd never heard before. And I think it's just because Evan, Brother Evan wanted to win. And so we came up, I came up with a nickname. It's called the Piercy Rules. Here I've been in the wrong boat. I've been playing by the wrong set of rules. So next, next time they come over and play, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, whatever game we're going we're gonna to plan, I'm going to come up with some rules that they don't know about. We're going to say in the Mullings household over here, it's gonna be the, these are the rules. I draw two, Evan has to draw four. <laughs> He's still going to win. Which is kind of funny that I use that because in Uno, the, the, he or she who uh, loses all their cards wins. What cards are you holding? Oh, there I go. You got to ask that question. I don't know. 
What are you holding on to? Are you holding on to a card of pride or bitterness or envy or But I really don't like to lose. I, I really want to try to win. And the point I was trying to make a second ago, and I, I'm coming back to it, but the point I, I really want to make is this. And in a relationship, sometimes you know you'll take the high road or the humble road, and you're playing with a game with your grandkid, and you know you could beat him in the game, or you're racing your grandson or your, your kid, and you're, they were going to race across the parking lot, and you know you can beat them, but you know how you hold up and you run, and you stay up, and then, oh, at the very minute, they, they win, and you lost, but that you won relationship hello there are some things some competitions worth losing so that you by losing you're really winning and there's some things in life hey when I lose this I'm really winning So back to our text. I'm, I'm going to try to wrap it up. I've been going for 24 minutes. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 16, he said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Sacrifice. Deny himself. And then, what? I'd already read from Mark and from Luke. Matthew says in this same passage, For whatsoever will save his life, or whosoever shall save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Church, I, I'm willing to lose any weight and any sin so that I might gain Christ. We live in a world I can't, we, no pastor can really dictate and preach against every, every sinful thing. There's too many things out there. On your phone, on the internet, there's all kinds of things in your, on your job, in conversation, driving down the road, and billboards and things. We're bombarded by temptation. But you know if there's something that is tempting you and it's a weight to you and it is tempting you and drawing you and enticing you into sin. And well, you should not be ignorant of the devil's devices, right? We know. And so if you know that that site or that, that time or being on the internet and you're not being supervised, if you have an issue with that, you need to not be on the internet and find some supervision. You do that for your kids, I hope, if you've got kids in the home. If you've got teenagers with phones... Remember, I work in public education. I see and hear things all the time. I deal with stuff, dealt with stuff this week. And I know you guys do too. We have to be careful when we allow some things to hitchhikers get in our boat that shouldn't be there. And they're going to weigh us down. And they might even poke holes in the boat and then we're going under. Hey, I'm okay with, I'm, I'm fine with being people... You can't do that. It is so funny. I, I love, I, you should ask my mom about the story. Um, we grew up, we didn't have television at home. And my mom was an English teacher, and I, I remember her telling the story, and just the, 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 
watching her express, you know, her imitate the kids in her class, you know, and then, and, and then I've told kids when I was in the classroom, even as an administrator, I said, hey, I don't have a TV in the house. And they're like, so the reason we didn't have TV in the house growing up is because uh, my parents knew that, you know, there's something that might come across there and they not, may not be in the room and they can't always control that. And they're allowing things that could get in the boat that could defile the boat. Now, this might mess y'all up. I'm not, I'm not advocating for TV. I'm not. But you got a, you got a cell phone. You got everything on TV you can get on your cell phone or the computer, right? So it's, it's not even the device. And growing up, when we didn't have TV, there were people. Our neighbors, Ed Dow, I'll, I'll say it out loud. He had a TV in his home. You know what? I don't think he ever sinned by watching because he wouldn't watch anything. <laughs> his TV was never on. And if it was, I can tell you, he didn't really watch anything that wasn't wholesome. Or he'd turn it off. I know me. I, I, I'm just being honest. I was raised Pentecostal. <laughs> Something come on? You laugh. Oh, you laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. So, here's the thing. What, what, what might weight my boat down may not weight your boat down. Now, we have some ministerial guidelines because we're going to draw some lines because we're trying to purify, keep the boat clean, and we want our, our boat sailing, and we want the Holy Ghost. We want the anointing. Without holiness, no man can please, you know, see the Lord. You can't please God, and we're a holy church. We're still apostolic. We're still holy in lifestyle. There's some things we do, some things we don't do. Why? Because we're trying to keep the boat afloat. Oh, well. That was not in my notes, but that we, there we, somehow we got there. I hope I'm not offending y'all. Like, I mean, there's things, you know, some people, I've heard people, oh my goodness, I'd be careful. Growing up, I heard people preach against golf. But they'd go fishing. And then somebody else might preach against fishing. You know they can't be saved, Brother Alls Paul. <laughs> you know they, you know that ain't right. I mean, even Jesus called us to be fishers of men. I mean, come on now. We got to be doing some fishing. <laughs> right? One person might have a problem with, with oh, man, I, this, I'm, I'm, can I, is this okay? I, I, I'm out of time. I just, oh. help me, Lord. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. We may not want to post this on the Internet. I really do not want to be a stumbling block to any other pastor. They, they have their churches. Right. My parents allowed me. And this, this, I, hope, please, I hope you don't leave this church. Now. And when I was a kid, my parents allowed me to play Little League Baseball. When I was in high school, my parents allowed me to play baseball. When I was in junior high, I was on the basketball team. I know some of you getting like, "Whoa, pastor played basketball!" And they were pinning. My parents were in, we were in church. As long as I held the standard, I was covered. We didn't miss church, and I made God more important than. 
And it was funny. I, it was funny growing up. I, I remember. And then I came to a place where God dealt with my heart when I was 16 years old. After my sophomore year, I said, I don't want to be involved in those because I wanted to be in choir. And I couldn't do both at the same time. And so for me, I had to make a decision. I'm going to do the things in the house of God and do the things for God. And I, and I stopped playing organized baseball. But that wasn't, that wasn't a sin, but it was a weight for me. I'm not trying to put that on anybody else. Because it's, it may not be a weight for them. It might be a way for them to witness to somebody. I hope that, hope that makes sense. That's what I mean. I hope don't get other pastors upset at me, but they'll say, well, they preach against organized sports. We're just talking tonight now, okay? I already preached. Now we're just talking. They preach against organized sports. I'm okay with that. And then you go, and then you play, and they, they have, we go to camps, and we organize teams, and we have trophies and medals, and that's organized sports. Isn't that funny? Y'all laugh because you can see the irony of it. We had organized cornholing. Well, that's a sport. They tell me cornholing is now an official sport. It's probably going to be in the Olympics. You watch. Sign me up, Brother Piercy. Good thing we don't preach against golf, Brother Piercy. Brother Clint, good thing we don't preach against golf. <laughs> Some in here probably never played golf. You'll never care to play golf. My mom, she likes to crochet. I ain't trying that. Not my thing. <laughs> she puts together quilts. I like to snuggle in the quilt, but I ain't going to make it. <laughs> you, don't, you know what? You don't even have to come play nothing, babe. I'm just going to close it. I already killed it. I made about halfway through and John 14, it's already been alluded to. I'll read this. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I think Brother Norman went there to start the service. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And where I am, there you may be also. We have a lot to gain. We have everything to win. So my question is, what have you got to lose? Let's stand. I want you to ask out loud this question to yourself. You're not asking anybody else. You're asking yourself. What have I got to lose? I, I, I heard about four people, but what have I got to lose? What have I got to lose? I want to win heaven. I want to win Christ. Like Paul said, I'll lose anything for the knowledge of Christ, for my relationship with him. I'm thankful we're... We are who we are. I'm thankful that we're apostolic in doctrine, Pentecostal in lifestyle, or Pentecostal in experience, holy in lifestyle. I'm glad I know him. Praise God. I'm glad we know him. We have a relationship with him. And there's nothing more important than my relationship with the Lord. Praise God. Lord, thankful for the service today. Thankful that you've talked to us in this house. And I pray, God, that if they're not in the boat, we get in the boat. For all of us that are in the boat, I pray, God, we stay in the boat. Thankful 
that you came our way and you got us in the boat. You threw us a lifeline and you picked us up out of that miry clay and you put us in the ro- on the rock. You put us in the boat. We're in the church. And God, we're going to lay aside every weight and the sin. Whatever we need to do, God, we'll lose it so that we might gain Christ. In Jesus' name. God bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen.